Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. The last day of September. Yes, it is. Good morning, Mr. Rushforth. Good morning, Mr. Gregory. You know that old expression, it's five o'clock somewhere? Yep. You know where it's five o'clock-ish? Well... 508. I don't know, like maybe... Maybe Capri? Capri's? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Napolitano. Come on, How's Italy? It's stunning. Beautiful. Now, how's the food? I hear their Italian food is good. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> now, now, when you... St- I think you're in Capri today, eh? No, we're not. Actually... Unfortunately, our flight got canceled on Thursday, so we're, we lost the day. You're going to Capri, Capri tomorrow? Yeah, we're in Sorrento today. Oh, Sorrento. That's a beautiful place, too. Yes, it is. And they let you in. Yeah. They they love me here. Hmm. Come on, look at me. Hey, how's the, how's, how's the they economy in Italy now compared to ours? Uh, it's not bad. They're struggling. Guess what gas is here? Canadian. Converted to Canadian. Uh Two twenty, three dollars and ten cents a liter. Wow, wow! Good thing they all drive small cars there. Small cars and scooters. I've never seen so many scooters like I do now. Yeah, yep. So the GDP numbers came out for us, Frank, and it looks like uh, we're probably not going to get a rate hike in October if things continue the way they are. Right? We might even be headed towards a little tiny recession. Well, I think, and again, you. You know, you read as many articles as I do, and it's such a mixed bag out there. There's so many economists that just think we're just not going to get any recession, but then there's just as many of them that think it's either going to be a minor or major recession. So hard to know which one is correct, but uh, either way, I agree with you. I don't think Bank of Canada is in any position right now, based on the way Canadians are feeling, that raising prime rate is going to help. So... Uh, I think the worst case scenario will stay flat, and best case scenario is early in 2024 we'll start to see the uh, prime rate, um, you know, come down a little bit, which would be nice for many, many Canadians. It would be a big relief for them. Are you using a flip phone? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, why? <laughs> sounds like you're playing the drums as you're talking. <laughs> no, actually. Oh, maybe maybe I should get off my. Uh, I'm on a headset. So. Yeah, that would that might do it. Yeah. In the meantime, right. Paul will fill us in on how Talk great the Paul. week was. Yeah, you know what? The week was was decent. I mean, us as a as a company, we what did we sell last? We almost did sixty sales last month, which is pretty decent for a September. Um, but there's still lots of listings on the market. I mean, we're we're at forty four hundred forty three ninety one listings on the market. Uh, you know, six hundred and sixty rentals in the last seven days. We put on seven hundred and eighty eight listings and only sold. 349. So listings are starting to pile up. Now, when I say pile up, uh, that's relative because we're still way under where we should be. But for for where we were, we're starting to see more listings hit the market, which is a good thing. There's a lot more opportunity out there. So in a normal year, like let's say 2016, 2017, in September, how many listings would there be generally? Oh, we could have anywhere from, depending on the year, from 6,000 to 10,000. Wow. Yeah, so we're we're quite light on listings, but we've seen that over we've seen the listings tail off over the last 4 or 5 years. I mean, in in 2016, 2017, there was tons of listings on the market. I mean, we talked about 
probably about seven years ago with there was 2,300 condos alone on the, on the market. So we've had those years and those are tough years on sellers, really tough years on sellers. Sellers were very lucky over the last two years. And now it's more of a balance, more of a normal market. Uh, I know I monitor all the feedback for the company. So anytime, any, anytime, anytime an agent shows a house or one of our agents, I see what the feedback is. And uh, there's a lot of feedback that said, you know, beautiful home, but we're still continuing our search. We have about seven or eight more to see. And, you know. Wow, you didn't hear that a couple no, of years ago. No, no. And during the pandemic, it was like, uh, we're bringing it off for now. You know, like yeah. that's, that's what it was. Now people have a little more choice. They, have, they, they can take their time. Uh, most offers are coming with conditions, if not all, like very few are going into the bidding wars. Um, so now, now the talk is the strategy is, do you, do you just underprice it a little bit to create that, that frenzy on the property? Some people are doing that and depending on where the product is, where the house is, you could do that in some neighborhoods where you just underprice a tiny bit to get over asking and, and, and create a bit of a bidding war. Uh, and then there's other areas where there's not a lot on the on the market where you can cheat a little bit on price. So it's it's a bit of a mixed bag all over the market right now. Is it easier to figure out what the market value of a home is these days? It is easier now. The problem being is sellers still have those expectations. My neighbor sold for this last year, you know, so there's still a lot of that that we have to, to, to go against, uh, you know. When a, when a neighbor sells for $100,000 more and you have a similar product, but they sold last year. So it's a lot of education, a lot of explaining what how the market's shifted, how it's changed. So it's bringing comparables that are on the market right now as well as recently sold. You know, in, in, a, in any given year, you could have went back six months for comparables. But in a market like this, six months told a different story. So you only have to look at comparables usually in about a month to two would be maxed, which you're going to have to do for comparables. And two might even be stretching two it. Two might even be stretching it, yeah. So, I mean, usually there's enough comparables that you can look over the last month or month and a half, two months, maybe stretching after that. But that's what we have to do. So it's it's back to being a little bit harder to price, but a lot easier than it was during the pandemic. During the pandemic, it was like, What's the price of my home? I have no idea. Yeah. There's there's an appetite for seven hundred thousand. There's also an appetite for nine hundred thousand. Right? Yeah. So it was hard. Depends if there's twenty people coming in on it. or Exactly. Not. Exactly. Are you still getting people knocking on your door for pre-approvals, Frank? Absolutely. But again, the uh, the issue with the pre-approvals today are that um, you know what they qualify for or what they're comfortable with. So what they qualify with is one story, but what they're comfortable with usually doesn't match for the house they're looking for. So Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are just taking a wait and see approach and uh, maybe, you know, instead of buying in in the fall, they're going to wait until the spring and hope that the interest rates have come down by, you know, a half a percentage point, one percentage point that that allows them to be more comfortable once they get into the home. And then for sure, you would still go into a short term mortgage, right? Well, again, if rates are on their way down, then I would I, I would recommend either a one or two year if those rates have come down and if the rates reinvert back into what they normally are, which are generally speaking, your one-year mortgage is cheaper than your five-year mortgage. But today it's the it's the reverse. So if we can get back to where a one-year mortgage is, is better priced than a five-year mortgage, then we'll start to see a lot of people go into the one-year mortgage for sure. Economists are figuring by mid-2025, we'll be back down to 3%. Do you think that's right? Feels right. It's an election year. Yeah. Um, that's when, that's when a lot of mortgages are going to be coming up for maturity that started during COVID five years, right? It'll be five years from COVID. And that's when we saw the real estate market go crazy. So, but we're uh, a year and a half away from that, Frank, sense. what happens to people that have to renew their mortgages between now and then? Well, they're the ones that are now, again, in all fairness to them, 
yes, it's unfortunate that their timing is bad and their rate comes up, their maturity, the maturity comes up when it does. But on the, the flip side, their house values have gone up tremendously in that time frame. So at least they've got some good use to, to sit back on but where got a cash anyone flow, that bought right? a house in, yeah, but anybody that bought a house in 2020, 2021, 2020, I think you're safe, but in 2021, depending on when you bought it and what you paid for it, you know, you could be maybe close to even now as opposed to you haven't really built a lot of equity in your home. So if uh, if you're in a 2% mortgage and then your mortgage maturity comes up and now you got to go up to a 6% mortgage and your and your equity hasn't gone up, that's problematic. We're uh, We're actually selling a house right now, two houses right now for people who bought in the peak and they have to sell and it's not pretty. You know, we're already... Um, one house, we're already about $75,000 less than what they paid for it, and it's not selling. So it's tough. Less Those, than what they paid for it, plus, 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 right? Plus yeah. the legal fees and everything yeah. else that came yeah. out with it. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate. I always say real estate's a long game unless you have to sell. And for these people who have to sell, it's it's not pretty. And, you know, to lose a hundred grand in a year, year and a half on your house is... Boy, even if you're going through a divorce, you got to really think about maybe hanging onto that property for another year or so, right? I, yeah, you, you do. You really do because it's, there's nothing worse. Well, we saw it back in the day with the condos, right? Like back in the day when people were, were told to buy these condos, speculate, you know, two years from now, it's going to be worth X plus. And then all of a sudden, everybody was doing the same thing and there was a glut of condos on the market and they were worth way less than what they paid for them. And a lot of times, I mean, a condo is, is a high-rise condominium is usually perfect for a retiree, a senior, someone like that. So we were having to go in and talk to people in their, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s and say, I know this was your hope, this was hopefully your, your nest egg, but you're about $75,000 less than what you paid for it. And it, those were tough conversations. And to have to have those conversations with sellers now that bought at the start of uh, 2022, they're tough conversations. Yeah. Ooh, that's Very just tough. bad luck. It's bad luck. Bad and t- luck. T- yeah, tough timing. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie. And that's amore. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> is that the language of love, Frank? That is the language of love food. Yeah, yeah love food. Love food, yeah. <laughs> what are you having for dinner? It's almost dinner time there. No. Uh, it is. I'm not sure. We've got a reservation at a restaurant, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I, I can probably put money on pasta being part of the menu. So You know, at uh, Frank's age, it's about two hours past dinner time. Well, see, it's tough when Frank goes to Italy, right? It, it's tough when Frank goes to Italy because you don't eat dinner until 9 o'clock. Well, Frank, he's, usually, right. he's yeah. usually in bed by 9 o'clock at his 3 age. 3 o'clock, isn't that, you know, early bird special? Not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, where can I go and buy a new condo for an amazing price? Yeah, we had a um, huge, huge price reduction on our condos out in Ombrun. Um And one of, they're doing an October special. Uh, it is only for October where they're trying to unload some of their inventory they have out there because they want to start their new buildings. I'm building six and seven. So we have about 11 condominiums, CH Clement construction condominiums out in Ombrun. Um They're beautiful units. You know, the standards are, are through the roof. 
Um, they're 1,050 square feet, two bed, one bathroom, backing onto the Castor River and, and a beautiful uh, forest. Uh, and they, we've dropped some of them, some of them by sixty thousand dollars. Wow! Yeah, like we're we're selling them for right now for the month of October. We're selling them from anywhere from three seventy five up to three ninety five, which we were in our mid in, in mid fours. So, if you're looking for a great condo, it's perfect for a retiree, perfect for a young professional, or even a young family because there are two bedrooms. Uh, but if you go on our website, you'll be able to see them. They're all the condos at St. Moritz in Embrum. The street name is St. Moritz. Uh, and we, like I said, we've just slashed prices on those for the month of October to try and load, you know, unload some of the inventory. So there's 11 right now. These are the ones that are totally soundproof, right? Well, the beauty of these condos is uh, the biggest complaint with townhomes and with condos is you always hear your neighbor. Well, so what Charles does, the builder, is he builds the walls with concrete. Even the ceilings are concrete. So you could have be, be in the upper level and having a party and you can't even hear it. So, wow. so it's, it's perfectly sound, soundproof. Um, and it's, uh, you know, he puts so much detail into his build that uh, I said to him one day, as I was watching him make these, make these homes with all this concrete and the radiant heat floors and all that stuff. And I'm like, Charles, you know, builders don't do this. Like the, the job of a builder is to make a profit, right? So you try to find cheaper ways to do things, still make them nice, but you try to find cheaper ways to do things to make more of a profit. You're losing a lot of profit by doing this with and it's things you don't see. Yeah, by doing it this way. And his response was, because it's my name. He goes, I don't want someone to come back to me and say, I didn't know this was this way. Or, you know what? I love my build so much, my kids are buying one now. So it's, he, I love his philosophy. Is he, is he building, uh, potentially overbuilding a product? Yes, he is. But it's, that's what he wants to do. And they're a beautiful design. So go to paulrushfort.com and look for the properties on St. Moritz if you're interested in a beautiful condo out there. And it's, it's a limited time only, October special. What's the area like for people that want to downsize? It's nice. I mean, it's, it's like, um, you know, it's, it's a smaller community. But it's starting to grow. There's lots of sports teams out there. There's, you know, arenas and shops and restaurants. Nice places to walk. Yeah, nice places to walk. And especially where this building is, we're right on backing onto a park and the Castor River. So you got a beautiful path back there to walk. So it's a nice area. It's an up up and coming area, quite affordable area. Um, And like I said, there's, there's lots to do. And there's, I probably can't say it, but I know there's potential of a hockey team going out there as well, a major hockey team. So... Um, it's, it's, it's a good place to live. Good nice. place to grow a family. Nice. Yeah. Are you finding more and more people downsizing now, Frank? Baby boomers are getting uh, up there. Yeah, I think the, certainly, um, a lot of people are looking at what they can afford moving forward and, and they're <laughs> tightening up. And, um, I've had a number of clients actually call me over the last couple of months and say they're thinking of going from a single to a townhouse, <laughs> uh, just, but again, I mean, I think Paul can probably say the prices between the two aren't that much different. Uh, the gap isn't that big, is it, Paul? No, it's not. I mean, and especially during COVID, we, we saw some townhomes that are more expensive than small singles. Uh, but what Is the gap getting any better? Well, what we're seeing now, though, is we're seeing the... So a townhome is typically a first-time homebuyer product, typically, or a move-down product. Well, the first-time homebuyers aren't coming into the market right now because of the rates, so therefore the townhomes are struggling. There's more product of townhome on the market than there is about anything else. So it's a good time to pick up a townhome for a reasonable price. And the, 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 the difference between a townhome and a, and a uh, single family home, it's not that much, much different, right? There's some people, you might get a bigger townhome than you will a single family home for the same price. So, which, which is new in the last three years. 
Well, yes. It used to be always the townhome was cheaper than a single yeah, family. Yeah, and it, it still is, but there's certain cases where, you know, a, a really small single and a bigger townhome, the bigger townhome is going to be more expensive. So, And is that partly because people don't want to do the work? They don't want the big yard? They just want to have the, the space indoors? They're millennials, right? Millennials, yeah. they want everything easy. They don't want things and big yards and having to cut and mow everything. So that's why we're seeing, you know, it's still a, it's still the the problem with the townhomes right now, and we're seeing a glut in lots of areas. The problem is, like I said, it's 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 a product for a first time home buyer, and they're just not buying, and that's why the townhomes have probably got hit the hardest during COVID. They were the ones that were skyrocketing. I mean, you're paying eight hundred for a, a townhome that you probably would have paid three hundred and fifty for two years back. You know, so it's it's the the difference between those two now are very 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 thin. Now, in an ordinary world, you would have a townhome and you would move up to something bigger as your family grew. Yep. Over the next year, year and a half before interest rates come down, are people holding off on that move up? I think that's one of the biggest problems, right? And I'm I'm just talking to my real estate coach who's an American uh, this week, and he said, that, you know, because of the rates and they have 30-year mortgages over there, there's not a lot of movement going on. The, the, the housing markets are just crumbling down there. And we're seeing the same thing. We're, we're seeing people that are like, you know what? We kind of need to move. We need a bigger home for our family, but now's not the time. And so we're seeing a lot of people just sit on their hands and not do anything. Are you seeing the same thing too, Frank? Or as people's mortgages come up for renewal, they're going, wow, I can barely afford this. That's exactly what they're thinking if, if they're the move-up type. And again, if they're the move-down type, they're certainly considering it now as, you know, because everything is so expensive. So it's a tough spot to be in. This is, this is uncharted waters for a lot of Canadians. I mean, older Canadians have gone through it, obviously, in the 80s. And even the, you know, even in the 90s, there were little blips where either the values didn't go up or the interest rates were still fairly high. But uh, this is new territory for a lot of people. And um, they're certainly second guessing themselves and they're and they're contemplating whether whether continuing to own a home is worth it. So are they making big moves when their mortgages come for renewal for bigger lines of credit in order to handle the debt that they're already carrying? Are they trying to do things creatively They're lengthening now? the mortgages. They're lengthening their amortization. That's the only solution at this time is to, you know, here, here you put this perfect plan together where, you know, you're going to retire in 12 years and you'll have your mortgage paid in 12 years and all of a sudden the interest rates do what they've done and the cost of living does what it does. And now you got to rethink the strategy and maybe go into a 17, 18, 19, 20-year mortgage just to continue to make the payments, which means that at retirement, you may still have seven or eight years left. Now, I don't think that's a horrible thing. And, and for the homeowners that you know have owned their homes for five, 10 years, they've seen some great appreciation in the value of their property, which means they've got more equity. But it's hard to overlook the fact that the cost of everything is so expensive, including your mortgage. People struggle looking... You know, thinking about the equity, they focus more on the expenses versus the the net equity that they built on their homes. But if you bought a home 10 years ago, not only have the homes appreciated substantially, you've also paid quite a bit on the principal in those years. 100%, especially in the last five years with interest rates being in the threes for most people that are coming up for renewal. So they've done very well, but it's no, you know, it's hard to console people that, right now have their mortgage coming up, they're struggling to make ends meet, and the the interest rates are as high as they are, and they're looking at what their new payments are, and they're having to go backwards. They feel like they're going backwards now based on the fact that they need to keep their payments similar to what they're at right now, and they have to increase their amortization. I was uh, doing some calculations this week, and I, I figured out 
that if I would have saved all the money from buying Frank breakfast, I probably would have had my place paid off by now. <laughs> and because of that, well, I, I've been... Clearly, clearly, you're living in one of those small houses then. <laughs> Paul is so nice, he bought you breakfast and it's sitting here. Yeah, it'll be here for when you get back yeah, next yeah. week. 521-TALK, mm-hmm. 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Paul Rushforth and Frank DiPolitano. This is Steve Gregory. What's the weather like there, Frank? It is sunny and 28, That's, even at you, 5 p.m. You know, that is perfect weather for a nice pair of capris. Mm, you probably have those correct. on, don't you? Not a chance. <laughs> you know he's got his capris not on. He packed those capris for sure. Well, yeah, they take up a whole lot less space than those long pants you and I would wear. Yeah. Well, Frank's only 5'2", though. <laughs> so you got the same weather we do, Frank, just so you know. Sunny and 25 today. Yeah, we got a beautiful day here it, in the market. Uh, like September and October look like they're probably going to end up nicer than August was. Yeah. Well will, that, will that help the housing market? It does, absolutely. I mean, you know, Ugly days, people don't really want to go out and look at homes, right? They like to go out when it's nice and sunny and shiny. And But we're losing daylight. Like, like this week, we've lost about 20 minutes of daylight. Yeah. Just yeah, this last yeah. week. Yeah, and, and, and that's one of the things Greg touched on last week when he's my photographer, when he goes out and does pictures now. I mean, before you could go out at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night and get a good picture of the house. Now it's like, well, I think he last week he said he's, his last shoot, because he usually takes a couple hours on his shoot. His last shoot, I think he said, was about 2.30. Wow. Yeah, 2.30, 3 o'clock. So we're... We're losing daylight, and that's always tough too, eh? especially when it comes to things like anxiety and depression and all that stuff. You know, the sunshine just does something for you, and um, it's, it's always a tough time of year. And you know, even preparing your house for sale right now is a tough time as well. I mean, we're going to start having leaves all over the ground. We're going to have to start having gardens looking like crap. We're going to have to have you know, uh, grass is going to start turning a little bit brown. So it's it's a tough time of year to have that great curb appeal of your property. Um, so if I wanted to sell, let's say January, yep. And I wanted to sell with you. Could I get you to take pictures of my house now? Yes. Yeah. So we last week, I think Greg did two or three. Uh, we're selling a house for a couple out in Cumberland. Uh, we'll be coming up next year. And it's probably going to be in about potentially February or March. And their backyard is just probably one of the, well, Greg sent it out to the team and he's like, probably the nicest backyard I've ever shot. And he shot thousands and thousands. Wait of a minute! Holes. He shot my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he shot my backyard too. <laughs> but it was—it's just a beautiful, beautiful backyard. And I said to her, I said, "Listen," she goes, "Well, we're not ready for pictures." And I said, "Well, hold on. Don't worry about the house because the house we can do in January. But your yard—can you get that ready for next week?" And she's like, "Yes, I can get the yard ready for next week." So the yard looks spectacular. We got the shots, and then when we go to list it in Jan, Feb, you, of course we're going to put the snow pictures on. Yeah, yeah. But we're Keep also current, we're yeah. all we're also going to put the summer pictures on so people can see what they're buying because when you have some when you when one of your biggest selling features is your yard, you have to take the pictures when they show the best, and now's the best, right? And don't forget, so, even if you're going to be listing in April. Yes. You still want that house, the summer pictures, to look at their peak even in April because the weather's going to be nice, yeah. but it's not going to look as good in April. Yeah. So what what a lot of people are doing that are selling in that time frame is we are getting their exterior pictures right now, but I'm telling them, you probably only have another two weeks until it's- Yeah, because those leaves are changing fast. Fast. And, and, and you know, once it turns fall, 
it, it goes fast. Like the weather turns quick. Uh, and then it dates the picture, right? It dates the picture. You're right. So yeah. So you want it. So people still think it's a summer picture and you don't, you only have a couple of weeks. So if you do have a plan of, of winter or, or spring, and when I say spring, you're right. April, like in April, it's probably one of our ugliest months. It's because it's, and, it's, yeah, well, yeah. well, it's dirty. It's from all the, from all the snow and the salt and all that. And yeah. yeah. So unless you're going to sell in like May, but if you're going to sell before May, get us in before then. And so we can get all your exterior pictures. Very, very important. And interior pictures, do you uncover the furniture? <laughs> Only Frank's house, yes. When we, <laughs> we, when we go to Frank's house, well, we, we take pictures of both his kitchens. And So we, can he Photoshop the plastic out of the couch? Well, that's one thing that Greg can do is he can work <laughs> miracles and he could Photoshop just about anything, but Frank's couches, I'm uh, not sure. Hey, Frank, did I, am I reading this right? Did rates come down a little bit this week? Uh, no. <clears throat> I think you are reading that wrong. I didn't see any rates come down. At least none of the lenders that we work with have, uh, have we seen any rates come down. If anything, the bond market spiked a little bit, not much. It certainly slowed down from the previous weeks. And with but you're, uh, you're insured right mortgages now, with a with a you can get a rate hold of five five nine. That seems lower to me for some reason. Yeah, it was five four nine before I think. Oh, okay. So it actually went up a little bit this week. Just wishful um, thinking, then. Unfortunately, it is wishful thinking, and <laughs> you know five five nine. I don't know. You make it sound attractive when it's really not that attractive. You know what's funny is when you say five five nine, that we're excited by that now, yeah. <laughs> right? Like yeah. that, that's exciting. You would have said that about two or about a year ago. Five five nine, and the variables not that much more. Six point one. Well, it depends. Depends if you're uh, high ratio insured. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I'm comparing one, apples 16, and apples 16, here. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. What are what are rates like in Italy? Uh, here, so so interesting programs they have here. If you're a first-time home buyer, young Italian couple or individual buying a house, the government, what they do is they they subsidize you for the first five years. I think the interest rate is in the three to three and a half percent range for the first five years. After that, you're at market value, but market value here anywhere between seven to ten percent. But that's that's been like that for a long time here. So you just said at the start of that, you said if, if a young Italian couple wants to buy a house, so you have to be an Italian to, to live in Italy? Uh, no, I don't think they have a foreign <laughs> buyer program like we do. But yeah. uh, Hey, that's, coming, yeah, up. I mean, that's most- coming up, isn't it? End of 2024, the, uh, the foreign buyer tax. Now, they're not saying they're going to get rid of it, but that's when the deal is up at the end of 2024. So, so you could have that perfect storm. If rates are down low... We don't have a lot of inventory, and they open it up for foreign buyers again. That market's going to go crazy. Now, I can't imagine them opening up to foreign buyers when we don't have enough homes for the people. Well, that live we here now we have so many immigrants coming into coming into Canada that it's. I mean, you're right. You're right. You open it up to foreign buyers, and people are speculating and buying them for investment purposes. We don't have any inventory as it is, right? Oh, and our population went up a million people last year. Yeah, and it's you know what for some people buying a property here on speculation to rent out is much cheaper than where most people live, right? Like most people are, you know, anywhere, it could be somewhere in the States or we're talking to someone even, you know, from Italy, from China, from anywhere coming over here and buying a property. It's probably a fraction of what it would be there. So and I, the investors are out of the market now, right? Right now there, it's, it's tough to be an investor in this market and make money. The, the people that are making money in, on investment purposes right now is more doors under one roof. So if you can get, you know, a, a duplex, a triplex, a fourplex, something like that, 
Um, that's you're still making money that way, but just the simple investor who's buying condos and townhomes and all that, it's it's very very hard to to be cash flow positive. Almost impossible to be cash flow positive. Are you having investors knock on your door at all, Frank? Not at all. And actually, you know, the more the more people talk about it and how tough it is to make to make ends meet these days. You know, the the rules in Canada are very, very strict when it comes to converting a basement uh, dwelling for an apartment so that you can stay in the home, where in other countries it's it's accepted. The rules aren't so tough, where in Canada they're extremely tough. So, you know, I wonder if, if, if there's going to be any loosening of those rules, really, because that's what Canada needs right now. They need more units available because we... It's either that or they got to stop immigration altogether. You can't you can't have it both ways right now. So all they're doing is driving the house uh, the house prices up because we don't have enough supply. And if interest rates come down, the demand is as high as it is. We're going to see a repeat of what we just went through during COVID. Yeah, I agree with that too. But it's almost a left hand right hand. You've got TIFF on the one hand who wants to slow the economy and doesn't want people buying homes, and then there's first time home buyers that are dying for things to get better so they can get into their first home. And they're looking for ways to make it affordable. Are we waiting until election time before we see any of these policies come in to help first-time homebuyers? Probably. Probably, right? Like, it's nothing's happening right now. And, and I do agree with Frank. I mean, if if they if they continue to, I mean, the goal is to bring in 500,000 immigrants a year to Canada. For where? To live where? Like, we don't have the homes for that. And then they start opening up the foreign buyer to, uh, program. So foreign buyers are allowed to, to, to buy here. Wow, we're going to have no product, nothing. It'll be tough. It'll be tough. Prices will skyrocket if that happens. So so it sounds like we're scaring people. I don't want people to be frightened. I mean, if you have to sell a house today and you've had it for five, six years, you're still making a lot of money. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, of course you are. You, We've gone up, what is it, in the last three years, 50%? Like it's, you've made a lot of money. And I'm, I, listen, I'm not saying it's a, it's a terrible market we're just coming off the best market in history, right? And so people are saw what was happening and now we're in a normal market. Um, you know, when you're when your days on market is less than thirty days, that's a very healthy market. And, and we're still less than thirty? Well we'll see when the stats come out this month, but we were at twenty six or twenty eight uh last month. So yeah, I mean we're homes are we're we're still according to the stats in a very, very strong seller's market. But what you, do you think August will show? Um we should have those numbers next week. We right? should have those numbers next week. I think, you know, when you're comparing August over August, um, our number of sales will, will definitely, I think, be up, but our average sale price will definitely be down when you, when you compare August over August last year. Um, but we'll see those numbers come out. I always love when those numbers come out because it's, um, you know, to see where we're standing. I know how we did. We've had a very, very strong September and I'm assuming the real estate market as a whole had a strong September as well. So we'll see what happens. Frank, with the uncertainty, are there a lot more appraisals happening right now on properties being sold? Almost every property that needs financing these days is either, um, depending on the loan-to-value, but if the loan-to-value is anywhere above 65%, mostly speaking, we're seeing appraisals being requested by the lenders, and for good reason. They're they're nervous these days, and they want to make sure that the values are there and the house is in good condition. And on average, do the appraisals match? the selling price? Um, Paul will tell you that, you know, even when he visits some people, people get emotionally attached to the value of their home and, and maybe they haven't caught up with the time and they got caught up in 
all the craziness that was happening a year and a half ago, and they still think that the values haven't come down at all. So no, but are they matching um, what people have purchased the homes for? <laughs> yeah, no, on buy well, side, depending yeah. on when they purchased it. Yeah, they are. They they're usually matching. So yeah, I guess oh, what, you're talking about yeah. a purchase price right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we haven't seen anything come in lower on our current purchase price. And how late into the process can they do an appraisal? Oh, it's right up to the last day. Unfortunately, Paul's right. We've got some lenders that do audits a week before closing, and then all of a sudden they sneak a, an appraisal condition in there, which means that we're forced to having to connect with the realtors and say, hey, we didn't know. We're getting blindsided by this too, but the lender's looking for an appraisal just to, just for their comfort level. So if you've got a three-month closing, you could be in trouble if they decide to do an appraisal at the very last week. So when I sold my well, when I sold my house in Navin, that's exactly what happened. The, the, the people were paying, I think they're paying 90, 80 or 90% cash and they're getting a small mortgage on the property. And then about, you know, two, three weeks before closing, I guess they changed their institution that they're using for their financing. And that institution wanted a, an appraisal. And you know how nervous I got when three weeks before closing, my furniture's out. I'm like, in, and they're, uh, they want an appraisal on the property. I was like, uh, what do you mean you want an appraisal? And I said, well, they've changed their financing people. And I was like, oh my God, I better appraise to the value. Well, the truth is when the down payment's that big, Paul, it really has no, no bearing on the finances itself. It's when it's tight. So if somebody only has 20% down to put, that's when it gets, it's critical that if the appraisal value comes in lower, that's where there's issues. Yeah. But in scenarios where somebody's got 50% down payment, the appraisal is more to appease the lender. But at the end of the day, the lender's already approved, approved the mortgage amount. So whether it's 50% or 60% doesn't make a difference to the lender at that point. But if you've got 5% to put down, you're not you're not on easy street until those papers are signed, sealed, and delivered, right? Yeah. yeah, a little bit different. I should have been clear on that. So so if it's a default insured mortgage, which is less than twenty percent down, then essentially you've you know, the customers waive their financing and the default insurer is given an approval number. If the default insurer chooses to do an appraisal at the end, unless there's something like the house had a fire or there's something like that. They can't back out of it. So again, the appraisal will happen and they'll have to take the risk if the value comes in lower. Oh, okay. I feel better. Yeah. Oh, he's nice to end, end on a better. good note. Yeah. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show. On News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Paul Rushworth and Frank DiPolitano in Italia. Well, we were we were speaking in the break here, Steve, and we were just saying how nice and quiet it is in here without Frankie. It's amazingly quiet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And even this morning, this morning while we were eating the breakfast I bought, um, um, we were just saying, like, I have no one interrupting me this morning, no one talking over me. This is going to be nice. <laughs> Hey, if I want to get into a house before Christmas, what's my window now? Uh, ASAP. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, closing days nowadays are, you know, so you can get some as early as 30 days, three weeks, but most people don't want to, don't want to move in the dead of winter. So they'd like to be in while there's still no snow. And you know, you're safe to say there's most likely not going to be a snow up until maybe let's say the end of November. Um, so people are looking to, to get in sometime by the end of November, which means purchasing now. 
So if you want to get in this year, it's it's time to start moving on buying a property. You have time to sell and buy before Christmas? That'll be tough with the way the market is right now, but it's definitely doable. Yes, definitely doable. And that's, and, 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 you know, what do you do first? Do you buy first or do you sell first? And now there's an excellent question we haven't visited in a while. Well, the yeah. market's been changing so much. What do you do? Well, so during COVID, the advice I was giving people is we were talking about their house selling their house. And I used to say, I don't even give a, about, I don't yeah. give about your, a crap about your house because it's going to sell itself. We need to find you something first and that's going to be the big thing. So we 100% have to buy first. Now, I mean, if you can afford to carry two homes, then I would still purchase first. Uh, but there's some people that, you know, they're not going to sell their house until they find that perfect property. But then you're up against the crunch or you got to use my guaranteed sale program or something like that. But it's it's a difficult decision. And, all, and every area is different. If you called me and said, what do I do? Do I buy first or sell first? And I'm in this area. My advice will be totally different if you're in this area and you ask me the same question. So, Frank, what are the carrying costs with two homes? Well, again, I mean, you've got two property taxes, potentially two mortgages. You've got uh, all the expenses that go with a home. You know, now, again, if somebody's got a house paid for, then it's not that bad. But you're borrowing the whole amount. I'm dealing with a client right now that's purchased a large home and hasn't been able to sell his home right now. And he's a little worried. His closing date is the end of November. And uh, carrying both mortgages is uh, worrisome for him. He didn't think he'd have an issue in selling his home. But unfortunately, that's. That's the market today. How and, tough and, is it to borrow on the equity in your home just to carry you over a month or two? Well, it's not, again, I mean, you know, a lot of people think they can get a bridge loan because they have their house for sale. But the reality is a bridge loan is only available if your home has been sold and it's firm sold and then the dates don't align properly. That's a bridge loan. If your house is for sale, but it hasn't sold yet, or you have a conditional offer, you cannot get a bridge loan. At that point, you have to borrow based on the equity in your home. And if you don't qualify through traditional methods, then all of a sudden it becomes very expensive because you may have to go an alternate or private lending route. And then that's really costly. One of the biggest problems too, is when you have to leave a home vacant, right? I mean, a lot of times your home, it doesn't look great when it's vacant. I mean, people forget this and forget that. Uh, I just bought a help to someone buy a house that the the client has been gone for a, a number of years now. And it's been, you know, sort of, sort of lightly lived in by the, by the, the kids and then, you know, a lot of other times it's vacant and the home is, it doesn't show well because it's, it's vacant. It hasn't been kept up. It's dusty. It's, you know, we walked in one day, it was 45 degrees outside and they didn't have the AC on and it was just moldy and musty. And and the perception would be, it looks so much bigger when it's empty, but that's not, it just doesn't look like a home, right? It doesn't look like a home and it's, it, the perception is not bigger. So sometimes people need to see someone's furniture in there to be able to envision their own furniture in there. So it's, I mean, we do a lot of virtual staging too when, when homes are vacant or if a room doesn't look great, we'll virtually stage it so it looks good on the, on the, uh, for the pictures. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the problem with carrying two homes is one of those homes is going to be vacant. And I don't care what you say, your home never looks great when it's vacant. Who's driving the closing dates now, buyers or sellers? Um, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. It depends on what area you're in. I mean, if you're in an area that's just got a glut of properties on the market, and you finally get an offer, you'll take whatever you can possibly get, right? But if you're in an area that's a hotter area, you got a lot of lot of showings, you got a couple people bidding on it, well, the seller's in the driving seat at that point. So it all depends on where you price it, what your product is, and what area you're in. And Frank, if you pre-qualified three months ago, should you go back again, make sure you're still good to go? Unfortunately, yes, because the interest rates may have gone up slightly, and then we'd have to look at your credit check again and make sure that you haven't incurred any more debt. So what are we qualifying at today? 
<sighs> anywhere between seven and a half and nine percent today. So that is quite crazy, quite high. But yeah, there. Hopefully, there's some changes now. Now again, I'm away, but um, I am part of a committee that normally visits Parliament Hill, and and uh, mortgage professionals from across the country will be at Parliament Hill this Tuesday and Wednesday, lobbying some of the MPs and. Uh, you know, just outlining some of the issues that we hear that Canadians are facing with the hopes that they can uh, maybe, you know, it, it'll allow them to make some change to help Canadians out moving forward. Now, listen, well, we know that you're away. Your business doesn't stop, right? People can still get a hold of you. People can still get a mortgage. <laughs> uh, well, of course. I mean, you know. The, you're not the only guy in the company, right? No, our company's 100 brokers strong, uh, one of the largest in well, the largest in Eastern Ontario and one of the largest in Canada. So, um, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, every time that I talk to some of the agents in my company, we're doing a lot of work these days and giving a lot of advice. Uh, and we're going to give the advice that's best for the client, not necessarily, uh, you know, best for the agent, the mortgage agent sometimes. So, and you can get creative in these times, right? Sometimes we have to, and sometimes it's very expensive for the clients, but they have to make a decision as to whether they want to stay in their home or whether, you know, they, they just sell their home. And most people don't want to give up home ownership because they know how tough it's going to be to get back in. So birthdays, Paul. Yes, I do. We have a good one this week, actually on Thursday, it's uh, mine and Frank's uh, advertising rep, Brad Beckler, your very good friend, Brad Beckler. Um, so, and it's a big one for him. It's a big one. We say his age. Seventy years go by so quickly, don't they? (laughs) So happy birthday this Thursday, Brad Beckler. Frank? Yes. Awesome. And uh, Leela Rose, uh, one of our staff members who just came back from maternity leave, celebrating celebrating her birthday today. So happy birthday to Leah and Brad as well. Great guy. Have have fun, Frankie, in uh, in Italy. Yes. Enjoy the white caprice. Thank you. There's some. There's some grape juice waiting for me, so. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy, bud. Have a great week. Thank you, and please continue to support local businesses and charities, everyone.